it's time to get the view from Victoria with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. And good morning, Jill. Let's talk a financial update. And uh, interesting when it comes to housing, very different from what we've been talking about. <laughs> it was a fascinating update on provincial finances yesterday with the finance minister, Katrina Conroy, and uh, we get these reports three times a year and they tell you how things are going in the economy and provincial finances. But yeah, you look over the forecasts for the year ahead and one number really jumped out. And that was the number the Ministry of Finances forecast for what is going to happen to housing starts in British Columbia next year. So the ministry says that the province is going to build 4,500 fewer housing units housing starts next year than it did this year. So that's a drop approaching 10% in housing starts. And the reason that's shocking is because all year, Premier David Eby and Housing Minister Ravi Kalan have been rolling out announcement after announcement after announcement about how the government is going to build more housing and make housing more affordable and provide incentives for more housing. And here we go. The Ministry of Finance is not impressed. They're saying, nah, next year we're going to build 4,500 fewer units of housing than we did this year. In spite of all this legislation in front of the House and all these press conferences and all these news releases, I was, I was quite taken aback to see the numbers. And I, it struck me that um, Finance Minister Conroy had some explaining to do. And did we get an explanation? Because that see, it <laughs> well, seems like it is the complete opposite of what we've been hearing. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. How, do, how does the minister deal with her own ministries, forecasters, not being impressed by the government's news releases is basically and by the premier's speeches and rhetoric. Well, she said, well, first of all, you know, um, you have to recognize that uh, interest rates are a barrier and the cost of living is still a factor and it's expensive to build things and there's a shortage of workers. And I mean, all this reasonable stuff that we're well aware of, uh, builders are going, oh, I don't know if we're going to build and, you know, invest in a giant uh, housing project next year. Local councils are already telling us they're not impressed. So, all that is true. And then at the very end, she says, and by the way, you have to understand that the Ministry of Finance tends to be prudent about these things. Well, myself, Sim, I like the, uh, uh, myself, Jill, I like the idea that the Ministry of Finance is prudent and doesn't just get caught up in the enthusiasms of the Premier's office and the people who write government news releases. But it was still pretty sobering, I thought. You know, the finance minister is saying, well, you know, that's what our ministry says. But um, she said she's a little more optimistic than they are. The housing minister is a little more optimistic than they are. But look, uh, we'll see, of course, at the end of next year, who's right about the forecast. But I have to say, uh, it's an election year, and that forecast matters more than it usually does especially, Jill, given the enthusiasms in the government's news releases and speeches. Right, because wasn't it just two days ago you and I were talking about this and this magical document that exists somewhere that no yeah. one has seen, but it's going to lead to 130,000 new homes and it's going to bring down the price of housing? I mean, that was just a couple days ago. 
Yes, and that's a good example of the credibility gap here because yes, uh, finance minister, the housing minister, Calon, has put out uh, an announcement that they've brought in this big piece of legislation that's going to sweep away single-family zoning in 85 BC towns and cities. And it's going to make municipalities approve, without public hearings in some cases, multiple unit construction on single-family lots. So duplexes, triplexes, quadruplexes, uh, six units in some cases. So minister says we're going to do all that. And he made a forecast. You're right. He said 130,000 multi-unit homes over 10 years, and he also forecast a drop in housing prices. So one of the opposition members, the Green House leader, Adam Olson, very effective member, got up and said, Minister, can we see the economic forecast, the modeling that shows how you reached these fantastic numbers? And the housing minister absolutely refused to release that. He said, no, no, we're not, we're not putting it out now. Um, we'll put it out next month after we've done the regulations. But of course, by then, the legislation will have passed because the government's going to use its majority and the House won't be sitting. So opposition uh, won't be able to scrutinize the forecast. So they're refusing to release the numbers and the analysis that they have in the government that says all this housing legislation is going to deliver 130,000 units. Meanwhile, the finance ministry, which does put out its reports, says, frankly, we expect 4,500 fewer housing starts next year than coming this year. So, you know, at the moment, I say take the report they actually released and don't take their word for what's in the report that they refuse to release. Well, continuing now with the view from Victoria and the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. And Vaughn, we were talking about housing starts and a bit of a different story on that front. Uh, let's shift now, though. And the Surrey mayor, Brenda Locke, uh, she was visiting the capital. Yeah, we lead a bit of a sheltered life over here in Victoria, <laughs> Jill. And, you know, the legislature is a bit of an unreal place. So when the word spread through the corridors yesterday morning that uh, we're going to get a celebrity visit, the mayor of Surrey, Brenda Locke, is coming to Victoria, it's kind of, what does it all mean? And I go into the chamber uh, to the seats set aside for the press gallery right above the speaker's chair at a little after hmm, 10 o'clock for question period. I'm joined by Richard Zussman and Keith Baldry of Global, and we look over, and who's there right behind us? Brenda Locke. Huh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, as you know, and as you referred to, this week, the government has been complaining bitterly again that uh, Surrey won't even take part in the process of making a new budget for policing services in Surrey. So we wonder, is it? And uh, Brenda Locke's been complaining that Mike Harcourt never writes and he never calls Mike Harcourt. Mike Farmworth. Um, <laughs> he probably doesn't Never either. writes and never calls. Yeah, I know, brain, you know, <laughs> I'm old. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so is this going to be the long-awaited summit movement? Well, alas, big disappointment. Talk to Brenda Locke. No, no. Mayor of Surrey is in the capital to talk about housing. She's meeting with the housing minister, Ravi Kalon, and raising an issue that more and more mayors are raising, which is the government has embarked on this huge power grab on zoning, but municipalities are having trouble getting the details. Locke, like mayor of Langley, uh, others have saying, saying, 
you're gonna. It sounds like you're gonna impose one size fits all on local zoning for multiple unit housing and single family neighborhoods. And you've only given us till next June to change our zoning to match your targets. Uh, could we get some detail? And they're not getting it. So that kind of went. You know, she went and talked to Calon. I, I don't think she got very far because. As you just noted, the government is saying, no, no, you know, we're not going to talk about what's going to happen. Wait for the regulations. We haven't written them yet. We'll release them before the end of the year. And then you'll know how all this is going to work. Well, believe it when you see it, in my view. But in any event, that's what she was here for. So the Surrey policing standoff continues. We did ask Locke uh, for her perspective on it. And she gave us a bit of an answer, but this is a big week, uh, Jill, in that standoff over policing in Surrey because the provincial government has stepped in, dismissed the police board, including Locke, who's a member of the police board, uh, appointed an administrator, and the government says, Mike Farmer says, the administrator uh, is going to produce a new budget for policing services in Surrey by the deadline. And the deadline, I'm looking at my calendar here, is Thursday, November the 30th. So hmm. these two sides are far apart, but it looks like it's coming down to a provincial government imposed budget on Surrey. And meanwhile, city staff in Surrey are refusing to attend the briefings with the administrator on the budget I, the view, I would say, uh, Jill, from <laughs> Mayor Locke is, look, province has taken control of this. Fine. All right. We don't like it. You have the power to do it. So go ahead and do it. But don't ask us to play a supporting role in you imposing this budget on the people of Surrey. Well, and don't you think it also will come down to, and this is nothing against the administrator, against Mike Sear, but it doesn't matter what budget he puts forward. Do you even think they're going to look at it or before they vote it down or they're, they're not going to accept it anyway? Yeah, you know, we've actually kind of got the script on that. You're right. Uh, it looks, and Block has sort of said, just because they impose a budget on us or deliver a budget to Surrey Council, yeah, we'll look it over. But Surrey Council doesn't have to vote to approve it. So then what happens? Well, Mike Farnworth has already told us, if Surrey Council turns down the budget, then it goes to the Provincial Director of Policing Services in Farnworth's ministry, and he imposes the budget. So we've, we've kind of got the script already laid out here. And in fact, at a certain level, Mayor of Surrey, Brenda Locke, has already recognized that at the end of the day, Farnworth's budget from his administrator and his director of policing services is going to be imposed on Surrey, and Surrey's going to have to eat it. Because, And you can see that because Farnworth complained this week that Surrey seems to be more interested in running an advertising campaign than they are in cooperating. That's true. Surrey is running social media ads aimed at taxpayers in Surrey saying, prepare yourselves for the NDP police tax. It's going to be imposed on you by the provincial government. You're going to have to pay the taxes. 
But essentially, Brenda Locke saying, don't blame me, you know, I didn't do this. This is your provincial government doing it. And uh, this thing is going to turn into a horribly messy political argument next year, Joe, because it is a provincial election year, and most of the MLAs from Surrey are New Democrats. <laughs> Interesting. And also, is it fair to read a little bit more into Brenda Locke actually being uh, in Victoria? I mean, she had to know that her being there was going to get a lot of attention, and wouldn't it have been strange if, if she and Mike Farnworth bumped into each other in the hallway? Uh, we asked Mike Farnworth in the hallway <laughs> when the buzz spread that Brenda Locke was in town, was he going to meet with her? And he told us his calendar was full. So, hmm. look, uh, the New Democrats are gambling that at the end of the day, the people of Surrey will be happy that the policing standoff is over, happy that the provincially imposed Surrey policing services are going ahead and the RCMP is being phased out. And the government has put $150 million on the table to reduce the impact on Surrey ratepayers of the policing transition. So I that's the provincial government gamble. And the mayor of Surrey's gamble is basically, I would say, fine, you've taken the power, you're going to go ahead and do it, but you're also going to wear the impact on Surrey. We're not going to let you blame us for the tax increase. Right. which And so it'll be interesting to see if the ad campaign actually works or makes a difference or if it makes people angry. Yeah, you know, I mean, the one thing I would say in all this is the provincial government, the New Democrats, when you've got a big majority in the legislature, you get addicted to provincial power. All you have to do is snap your fingers and your MLAs fall in line and they'll pass the legislation and impose all this on Surrey. Right. But just because you have the power doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do. This very aggressive approach has alienated the council in Surrey. Was there any chance of working something out? I don't think Victoria even tried very hard. As I say, the New Democrats are addicted to their legislative majority. We've got the power. We're going to do it. But I think, you know, in my experience, British Columbians would sooner some sort of conciliation, some sort of peace agreement some sort of agreeing to work along together. And I don't think the provincial government's tried very hard to make that happen. I think they, as I said, I think they're just very arrogantly addicted to their legislative power. We're seeing that on the housing file as well, Jill. Mm -hmm. You know, they've got the power to take control of local zoning, so they're going to do it. But the consequences down the road, is the public going to like it? I don't know about that. All right. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. Big day with that budget deadline. Vaughn, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. Bye bye, Joe. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.